here we are once again in the basement <laughs> for the broken podcast for the second time today <laughs> i'll have our listenership know hopefully um the board won't melt down in the middle of this recording quick recap the chiefs have re-signed their gm for two years which is good it's like them it's good with the kids what's his name Totally forgot. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Steve Crawford. <laughs> Great guy. Uh, the GSA has allowed Biden to, at this present point in time, where we're at right now, as of this recording, the GSA has allowed Biden to go ahead with the changeover uh, and allow the administration to start talking to each other like big people do. Um. Like I told you earlier, I'm pretty sure he's going to set the Resolute desk on fire before he leaves. Yep. Uh, you know, he's did a, did a huge troop drawdown, like a negligible trod, troop drawdown in Afghanistan and Iraq. That's just going to leave a massive hole for someone to fill in the worst way. Um, and then was talked out of uh, a calculated strike on Iran. Not Not great. Not great when you have to like <laughs> talk a, a lame duck down like that. Um, so other other than all that, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> I got a, I got a lot of dental work done today. Fantastic. Just so you're super you're feel, responsible. You're feeling before, good. Yeah. Before <laughs> the before doing a podcast. So if I slur my words, I'm not drinking. But uh, you know, I think drinking is an acceptable coping <laughs> mechanism for what's going on in the world right now. Uh, this is Broken Podcast. I'm Bryce. Episode five. I'm Chris. Uh, we don't know what we're talking about. We don't. We have no clue. Um, so this week, uh, like you sent me a uh, a picture of Inslee, Jay Inslee. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to describe that? I mean. Yeah. It's uh. It's it's Jay Inslee. Uh, it's it's Jay Inslee standing on you know the the deck at Nurburg. <laughs> So it's not Jansley. It's a Nazi that they have photoshopped Jansley's face onto. So he was not dressed as a Nazi. No. Oh, okay, okay. I don't know. Unless there's some, you know, <laughs> Twitter post no one knows about. No, he's not dressed as a Nazi. No, uh, he was he was depicted as, uh, you know, the Fuhrer, if you will, depicted as Hitler. Um. That picture was shared by a pastor here in Spokane. Uh, you know. So there's that, um, which to me, I think is grossly irresponsible as a person who is shepherding a flock. Uh, and he, you know, he has he has a um, he has a personality outside of pastor uh, as kind of a he's a former politician. Sure. Um, and he has, you know, he has followers. It's not going to, you know, sure chop that up any different way he has people that follow him that hang on every word and and he's putting stuff out like that which to me slanderous sure you know 100 um and uh, like it's 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 libel it's it's irresponsible um i had a i, I had some some people that we had you know a disagreement with a while back that were going to sue me sue us for defamation of character Hmm. Well, the defamation of character is like when, you know, we didn't say anything untrue about this, this, this individual. We just said, hey, we're not we're not happy with how it went. That's not how defamation of character works. Defamation of character is when you do something to immediately affect that person's livelihood. For instance, showing, you know, saying he touches kids sure. or depicting him as a Nazi. You know, that's a really, really horrible thing to do. You know, especially like right or whether you agree with what Inslee does or not. Yeah. You know. Also, especially as a pastor. So I guess that's what I want to chop up this week. Like yeah. the last part where you just said, like, because uh, uh, we're, we're talking about hypocrisy I, I, is kind of the broad, like 10,000 foot term. But, right. you know, uh, it. It's one of the biggest um, 
stumbling blocks, especially non-believers, have. And it's a, it's a huge stone that they have in their pocket to throw against the church or Christianity in general is because we're all hypocrites. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and this, something like this, like, let me, uh, going back to the Inslee post, like, what, um, what about it um, bugs you from a Christian standpoint, and especially a pastor standpoint? Uh, I think the immediate thing that bugs me about it is you're lying. You're lying about this person. Like, that's to be the immediate go-to. Yeah. The dude's clearly not uh, into national socialism. Socialism, maybe. I don't know. I can take that away from him. He was a Democrat, so that's you know, kind <laughs> of the thing. Um, but I think, the, I think the, the, the immediate part of that is, is, is just lying. You know, there's there's real serious implications to that. Yeah. The, the word Nazi gets tossed around a little too loosely these days, I think. Sure. Uh, and it's it's used a lot to describe a same thing, a broad stroke of anything that you don't like when well, he's a Nazi. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, to to say it about an elected official, like to lie about an elected official like that. Uh, and then the implications that go like, you know. Really bad things could come of that. Sure. You know, you don't know who's seeing that, especially on the Internet. Well, you put it out in your congregation at church. Sure, you have a captive audience there. But the second that you fire that out onto the Internet, who knows who sees it? And then who knows what they're going to do with it? Sure. You know, and then that now that's on you. And and obviously you misled a whole bunch of people. I'm just talking from a pastor's perspective. Yeah. But uh, even as a Christian, I mean, how many times have you ever heard that, you know, I'm not going to church, they're all hypocrites, you know uh, what yeah, I'm saying? Like all the time. All the time. Yeah. And In fact, that's the number, I think that's the number one, like when I talk to non-believers that, like maybe I, that I don't know, you know, yeah, about it, about just my faith or whatever, like the A number one lowest common denominator is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Well, you're pro-life, but uh, you'll turn refugees away. Right. You know, or whatever. Or you're pro-life, but you support the death penalty. <laughs> so, <laughs> and and uh, I guess what I, uh, I want to at least touch on is, like, they're not wrong. No. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. I, I don't want to do this podcast and say, oh, no, 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 no. We're no. not all hypocrites. Like, no, we're completely hypocrites. Yeah. You know no, that's saying? not like, like uh, I like to use the term. It's not totally inaccurate. No. You know. Not like, at all. Uh, yeah, there's because we all are. I think that one's the totally inaccurate part is it's it's not inaccurate. Yeah. You know, we're definitely hypocrites. Uh, guilty. Yeah. hundred percent. You I'm know, guilty as well. I uh, do it a lot. Just <laughs> like daily. Yeah. I probably do that. I do. I do it before I get out of bed in the morning. Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. I'll read something and be like, ah, you know. <laughs> I did it. I did it earlier this week, man. I put my foot right in my mouth, uh, you know, kind of condemning a, a bar for staying open, you know. But then it's like, well, there's like nine of us that get together and do a DJ show on Thursday nights, <laughs> <laughs> you know, which was about the you know about the amount of people that were in this bar. Yeah. You know, granted, we stopped. We right. stopped doing our super spreader DJ event, you know, not because someone got sick, but, you know, right. it's the right thing to do. But but yeah, I mean, I I we're like nobody's nobody's uh, absolved from that whatsoever. You know, 100%. there's always there and it's always going to be that way. Yeah. You know, and so I guess my question to you is like, are we um, is Christianity built with hypocrisy in it or is it just because the church is full of a bunch of broken people? Yeah, I think th- th- it's the second one. Yeah. Um, uh, there is I, I I do talk to a lot of folks that make the case that the the book definitely contradicts itself. Right. Um, and some of that I think I think a lot of it's taken out of context. I think uh, you know, there are some things in the Old Testament that don't apply in the New Testament. Right. You know, and I think that's where some of that's taken from. But uh, it's yeah, it's way more. Hey man, don't do that while you're doing it. Right. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And and 
I, I, you just take your pick. Like, how many times uh, do we see sex scandals from pastors or something right. like that? You know, like right. uh, Ted Haggard, like preaching against homosexuality. <laughs> that, you know what okay. I'm saying? It's, I'm sorry. It's going to come out terrible. That's my favorite one. The Ted Haggard <laughs> one's my favorite one, man. Because that dude was like straight up fire and brimstone. Yeah. You know, the God will smite you sodomites for doing what you do. Right. And then he had a relationship with the dude. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know what, man? Like, I'm of the mindset that, like, uh, you know, love is love. Uh, if and, and, you know, uh, <laughs> it sh- maybe it should have been some sort of profound revelation to him that, like, oh, you know what? I'm homosexual. You know, but then he would have had to resolve that in the uh, eye of the public. Yeah, Yeah, you know. And of course, the default comparing himself to David on the way out. (laughs) (laughs) Explain that. What do you mean? Uh, You know, David. David was the had an adulterous affair. Um, But (laughs) like, I mean, get on Ted for like not sending somebody's husband to the front line to get killed, but. Uh, I've I've seen a lot of it. I've you know I've I've heard it from I've heard it from the Ted Haggerty camp about how he was how it was like David you know, and he had a he had an adulterous affair, but he trusted God and came back from it and whatever else and like same thing you know people uh, referring to David or referring to Trump as a David yeah to which I will also reply to include the adulterous tendencies <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> not condemning him, man. You know, not judging him for for what he does or whatever, you know, or what he did. So, right. but yeah, same, same idea. <laughs> you know, and I don't, uh, I guess I I want to uh, in Greek, uh, like Jesus calls the Pharisees uh, hypocrites a lot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Taking it back to scripture, and in Greek, uh, I was looking up the Greek definition of it. And it actually means actor. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, which I I thought was extremely fitting. And I guess uh, the thing that keeps coming back to me is the amount of – we're talking about mass. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, the amount of uh, phoniness and fronts that we as Christians or we as people in general um, – put on and 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 we become the exact same way we become an act an actor you know what i'm saying like absolutely um every time we see these huge scandals um just even minor scandals just people just uh being hypocrites online it's because we're putting on a front you know what i'm saying like yeah while we condemn um this group of people over here like we're secretly you know doing the same thing behind closed doors you know what i'm saying like why why do we see that so much especially uh, like i'm just strictly talking about the church like why do we see so much of the uh i got to put on a front like i i think we've touched on before like i i felt like this you know like yeah. you come on sunday oh there's a face that you put on you put on the church clothes yeah. you know what i'm saying and yep. like what's the reason for it? like what why do we have to put on that front? Why do we have to like pretend that everything's hunky dory and I got life figured out? You know what I'm well, saying? Well, that's like, because we don't want anybody to know that it's not true. But what would happen if it was true? Like if people found out, well, we we would be shunned, shunned from this group. Yeah, probably. Or so yeah, or you know, like just uh, you know, it's like uh, it's recognizing somebody in the liquor store, right? You know, like oh no, it's like. Oh wait, he's here too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right, that's right, that's right. kind of how I feel about that one. Like, uh, yeah, you recognized a uh, recognized a prisoner in the liquor store Saturday, right? So are uh, you? But he's there too. You know, it's like, <laughs> so, you know, like uh, yeah. Well, so what are you worried about? So are you afraid of not being accepted? I yeah. Uh, there's a, a big part of me, like a big part of my walk, even like recently, last couple of years, that like I didn't want. Um, I didn't want people to know who I was, you know, and that's changed in the last, this is like probably five years. Like I've become like way more transparent because I've noticed that like, that that's how you begin an unhealthy relationship. hundred percent. Totally. Know, agree. If you don't know me, if you don't know me off the bat, 
you're going to be really bummed out in about a year when you figure out, the <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, 100%. It's, it's like, no, I'd rather you meet me. It's like, nope, he is exactly who I thought he was. Yes. Kind of a thing. Totally. You know, uh, granted, I wear a uniform that supports that. Sure. You know, I sure. look, you know, I no, I, no, I haven't really met anybody in the last like five or six years that was like super surprised that I was into the things that I was into or whatever. Right. You know, but uh, had I not looked like this, or if I didn't look like I did, um, I think it would be a lot easier to hide it. Yeah. And I and and I did for a long time. Sure. And like in going back to the Ted Hager thing, I watched this documentary after it busted wide open, and it was. It was raw. It was real. Um, he was being honest and genuine and forthcoming. Yeah. At that point, and he he said it was acceptance. It was fear of not being accepted by other people. Right. And and and, and once we are into like our church groups or our little social cliques or anything like that, I mean, that fear of um, losing that is huge. It's gigantic. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? You can only have uh, you can only have an idea pounded into your head for so long that you know it's like well okay man homosexuality is wrong right and have that just drilled into you as a child. Ted's from South Carolina too, man. You got to remember like that's one of the last places that ran a rebel flag on the Capitol building. Right. You know. Right. Um, and he's like lifelong mm-hmm. South Carolinian, so um, you know people. People weren't gay. Sure as heck, there's no race mixing going on. Not at all. Down there at that time, you know, like when he was when he was younger. Yeah. So he came up in a very different time. And suddenly he f- figures out that he has feelings for another man. Oh, can you imagine the conflict in that guy's life? Right. You know, I'm in no way condoning that man's extramarital affair uh, because the way I see it, he kind of ruined two lives. hundred percent. In that, totally agree. you know, he ruined, you know, he ruined a marriage and then he, you know, I honestly think that he kind of let a dude on. Yeah. You know, um, but at the end of the day, like the internal conflict with that had to have been immense. hundred percent. You know. And just go back in history. I mean, I, al- I guess I've always talked to my kids like as far as like, uh, like uh, when I used to do um, like sermon illustrations and stuff like that. Um, I would always think about like uh, having certain versions of yourself, um, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah, like uh, you have, you know, you have your work version of yourself, you have your home version of yourself, and then uh, church version, but uh, and however many different versions of yourself, and and I I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but especially the church, especially Sundays. It creates this. Um, it creates another version where I am afraid to actually come to this building with this group of people and bring my warts and all, and like show you my true colors. <laughs> but you know, and, and we we don't mind doing it on Facebook. But no, uh, but <laughs> no. but uh, but I I tell you, uh, like like going back to you know the Inslee being a Nazi and stuff, you know, like. Like, a lot of these things, like, uh, they stay buried. Some of them don't. You know, a lot of them are out there. But uh, yeah. but you come on Sunday, and you got everything figured out. And, like, <laughs> I, 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 th- I think I've asked you this before, Bryce, but what would a broken church actually look like? Where, let's say, because uh, we've been talking about, let's say the Ted, ha- Ted Hager thing, for example. Like, what would happen if he came out and to his congregation and just say, guess what? I'm a hypocrite. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And he says, I'm broken. I'm jacked up. Um, I need your prayer. Uh, I need your help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. Like, right. What exactly would a broken church actually look like? Cause I've never seen one. No, that I, cause I don't know that they exist in the, highly utopian way that <laughs> we think of you know we think of it but yeah i mean it's definitely uh you know uh, well it kind of you know it'd probably look like uh sunday's downtown yeah it probably would you know i think that there'd be a lot of people that um 
you know, a lot of wound, a lot of wounded folks. Yeah, you know, from excuse me, I burped. Uh, from you know, from both sides, from both sides of the coin on that. You know, a lot of people that are like maybe wounded by the church. A lot of people that might be hurt by the world. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. If that's a that's a that's a tough one. That's a tough one to chop up. Like how it would how it would look. Like I know how it would look. To me, you know, like uh, in, uh, multi-ethnic, multicultural, uh, you know, I'm not gonna turn anybody away. Yeah. You know, if a trans person shows up and wants to worship in the house of God, come on in. You know. So and <laughs> and that that idea alone threatens a lot of people. Hundred <laughs> percent. What would you do if a trans person showed up at church and like? Well, we have very clear instructions, <laughs> <laughs> like super clear <laughs> base level, uh, you know, really, really easy to follow instructions. Like you have them come in and you put them at the front. Right. And you worship with them. Treat them like. a Yeah. Yeah. Another person. Right. Love them like you would your own family. Yeah. hundred you know. percent. And so and I guess going back to. um just historical view, like you were talking about Joel Osteen, um, and you were saying that uh, during was it Katrina that uh, no, uh, no, it was post Katrina, but it, I re- it was a hurricane. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it uh, it ate Houston alive, and he oh, that's right, I remember. Right, this. yeah, yeah, his, yeah, yeah, his yeah. church. His church is huge, man. He bought where the Rockets used to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He bought a stadium. I remember this. You know, and uh, he was like, no room at the end, guys. (laughs) And he swallowed a key and hopped in his helicopter and took off. (laughs) 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 And left the people of Houston to die in the streets. Maybe I'm I'm dramatizing that a little bit. Did he eventually open it back up? Uh, I'd have to fact check on that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. <laughs> I just vaguely kind of maybe remember some that. of the broken digital citizens can weigh in on that like, <laughs> later on. I'm not totally sure if he did. I kind of want to say that he didn't. Maybe he didn't. I didn't really hear anything to that effect. But he had a you know he had a he had a spot where he could put tens of thousands mm. of people, and was like, no, nah, dude, I I can't do that. And why? Why couldn't he do that? Well, somebody might steal that Marzocchi espresso machine they got there. Yeah. Who knows what, you know? That's uh, hard, man. That's Joel really Osteen hard. is not operating at a loss. No. You know what I mean? Not at all, no. So, you know, there's 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 a lot riding on what that dude's built. And I don't want to take anything away from him for that. Like, good for you. Hard right. work. Paid off. Sure. You bought the Houston Superdome or whatever it was called. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember the name. But yeah, uh, end of the day, probably not the best heart posture to have as a man of God and a shepherd of the, of the of the flock, right? To just be like, no, I can't let you in here. And what does that say to everybody? I mean, uh, people aren't blind, <laughs> you know. I'll tell you what it says to everybody that doesn't go to his church. <laughs> right, that's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, I, I'll. I'll I'll bet some solid money that they didn't really experience any growth for a while yeah. after that because of that. Um, especially coming from a guy like like Joel Osteen. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not, I don't want to judge that dude or condemn him or whatever, but uh, he's driven to work. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, you know, the man has a staff. Wh- you know, and honestly, he could have probably injected a lot into – Houston community for the rebuild effort, but sure. also didn't very famously didn't. Mm. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, I guess you know, put yourself in his shoes, kind of a thing. I understand the idea of like, yeah, you know, some of that stuff in there is pretty expensive, but that's why I have insurance, right? Or and whatever, it's, it's just stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, end it's of the day, stuff. it's just stuff. It can be replaced. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like carpets can be torn up and put down again. You yeah, know what I'm dude, saying? Like for sure. Yeah, I uh <laughs> like I said, man, like the hypocrisy, the hatred, the judgment from non believers towards the church is all valid and <laughs> I get it. It is just. And it's you know, uh, 
I'll go one step further and I'll say it's welcome because like you, especially it, during this last election, like the party that was supposed to be like lockstep with Jesus, you know what I'm saying? The, yeah. the love and grace, right? The party that party. owns exclusive rights to Christianity. Like, where was that? Where was the love? Where was the forgiveness? Turn the other cheek. Where was right. any of that? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I... No, it, it it wasn't there. It wasn't there. And what the craziest part about all that, Chris, is the idea that the, the party that's supposed to be lockstep in Jesus, the guy that they put as their front runner, were calling other candidates' wives ugly. Sure. You know? Sure. And I think you and I, you and I had talked. There's a friend of yours that said something effective. Well, we weren't elected a pastor. Yeah, it's like, ah, okay. A that's pastor told me that. A pastor told, yeah. Yes. See, exactly. We're not like we didn't elect a pastor. I understand that, but wow, that's not the guy that I want representing me or my faith. That's it, exactly, hundred percent. Specifically, my faith, hundred percent. You know, I have enough character flaws on my own that I'm gonna do something dumb but the idea that he represents the f- my faith right you know and now I, and now i've spent quite literally the last four years basically being an apologist to a lot of my friends that are non-believers right because a lot of those folks immediately thought that like guys like you and i because we go to church well you're obviously a republican right Oof, no for many many years yeah 100 percent. that's yeah. the first and, and Whatever category Trump falls into, you're you're lumped in with him. Yeah, absolutely. Like immediately, you know yeah. what I'm saying. And and going back to the pastor thing, like we're not electing a pastor. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, totally agree. Totally okay with that too. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I, yeah, I'm all right, man. <laughs> totally agree. But uh, here's you know here's where it gets murky with scripture because First uh, John two six says uh, if anyone claims to live in Him must live as Jesus did. So there's the bar. For any Christian, yeah, not a pastor, any Christian, yeah, it says must. It says you must live as Jesus did. Like Jesus came to be an example. So if he is exampling like humility, uh, like we were talking servitude, if he is exampling love, like that's you. Yeah, there's your requirement right, right there. So it. <laughs> If somebody like, you know, and I'm just picking on Trump, you know, like uh, if somebody like Trump is uh, out there and he is not exampling these things of Jesus, according to Scripture, it says he's not a Christian. Like as far like I, I'm not trying to like say who's a Christian, and who's not. I'm saying Scripture is saying if anyone Right. Yeah. That, it, do you understand yeah, what I'm saying? Like, you're not trying to you're not trying to put it on anybody in particular. No. You're simply presenting what it says. Yes. Yeah. And and does this person and apply it to Trump or anyone or me especially does this person emulate the characteristics of Jesus? Because if they don't, according to scripture, <laughs> They're not. Yeah. They're not a Christian. You know, they're not uh, a follower of Christ. Wild, wild thing about that. I know quite a few non-believers that are Christ-like. What do you mean by that? Nature. I totally agree with that. But what do you mean by that? Here's an example. I am not condemning anybody that I know that's a believer that hasn't, like, rushed down to help us on Sundays or whatever. That's not what I'm getting at. But the only person that I know in my life that has reached out and said, hey, man, can I come down here and be a part of this is a non-believer. In fact, him and his mother, who are also non-believers, but amazing people, absolutely amazing people. The hearts and I'll yeah, the Johnson family, Chris, Chris and his mom, Peg and Dave, like that entire family, Chris's kids, his wife. It's crazy. The heart that they have. Wh- why do they want to? Do you mind me asking? Like, what's the heart behind it for wanting to come down there? Because they're not being instructed it's to. I mean, it's no, not, a, not at all. They're not listening to scripture. No, obviously, you no. Know. It's just. Uh, um, I think <laughs> I think that there's a, a huge section of p- 
people that don't share our faith, I guess I sh- non-believers is a little harsh. That sounds a little. <laughs> s- I'm making a pokey motion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know, people that don't share our faith, uh, you're right, aren't aren't called to do anything other than you know their own moral compass. Yeah. And. But yeah, I just the the stuff that I've done. Um, you know, in like like you know, in the name of God, if you want to put it that way, you know, from a from a believer's standpoint, I have got way more traction than people that don't share our faith, and it's just a, a simple caring for humanity. You know, actually look, you know, doing what that's crazy. I don't like <laughs> this is gonna sound like I'm going in circles, man. I know it, but like, but you know, we're called to look out for our fellow man, and we ignore it. In scripture. In scripture. This book that we follow has some very heavy, poignant, concerned things that we're supposed to do. And we ignore them. Absolutely. But then I know people that don't know the book, if you will, that exude a Christ-like attitude. Like it oozes from that Johnson family. You know? (laughs) It just it just it pounds out of them and affects everyone that they know. That's amazing, you know. And, and he's not alone. Like I, I, no I totally echo that. I totally. Yeah. Our listenership, our listenership for this podcast, dude. Yeah. I, I you know, it's like the texts that I get from people that I know or whatever. Uh, I th- there's you know there's a couple of folks that I know that are believers that listen to it. Yeah. You know, it. But yeah, but why? Like, the and the only why that I can come up with is um, Jesus uh, faced this exact same thing, man, with the Pharisees. Like, throughout the entire Old Testament, like, this law created Phariseeism, and it's, uh, and it, it basically it's do as I say, not as I do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that type of mentality, like... Uh, he rails against them and goes on a long list of woes and ac- accuses them. Like he says, you you tie up heavy loads on other people, but you yourself won't even lift a finger. Like this is the type of uh, mentality and a- atmosphere that I honestly believe that modern American evangelicalism has created. It has created this sense of uh, Phariseeism as like externally concerned about other people. You know what I'm saying? Like worried mm-hmm. so much about like worried. Yeah. That's like like legitimate worry. Worry. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> you know, it sums it all up. Like yeah. everything like can't su- sleep at night, rent space in your yes. head type of worry. Yes. And then throw Fox News in t- on top of that yeah. and you know, and then you got nothing but worry, like cities burning down and people right. coming in, blah blah blah. Not like, anymore though. Fox has kind of changed their colors. Has it really? Okay, yeah, I don't. Dude. I don't even know. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's different. It's just it, Tucker and Hannity are men without an island now. <laughs> so, but it, it just. But yeah, I see where you're going with it, though, man. Like, as far yeah. as that sense of like, uh, that we are so focused on all these other people, like these other groups mm-hmm. that are gonna tear apart the family or they are going to destroy Christianity or destroy everything we believe yeah. in and we have to fight against it. Like literally fight. Like yeah. holy war type Absolutely. of fight. You yes, know what dude. I'm saying? Like I, I see it all fear. the time. Uh <laughs> I see a lot of dudes uh that probably couldn't run a mile that are getting ready for the civil war. Right. You know, it's it's like for, for who are you fighting? Who are you gonna fight? And this is within church. Yes. These are people. Yeah, who I'm not even talking Christians. about like a. Uh, yeah, I'm not even talking about like. Well, we're gonna go get Antifa. No, I'm talking like the dude that sits a row ahead of you. That's it exactly. Yeah, you know. It's like, well, that guy's got a. That guy drinks beer on the weekends. He's terrible. Right. You know, or, or whatever. Right. Substitute whatever you want in there. Well, he doesn't really feel the same way I do about homosexuality. Yeah, he's terrible. He's a horrible person for that. Yeah. You know, and vice versa. Yeah. Because I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. Oh, God hates fags. I want to punch you in the mouth. Yeah, that's what I, my immediately my immediate go to when I hear homophobic or transphobic or racist stuff from folks that are believers. Right. That's what I want to do. I want to, you know, exact physical violence on them. 
That's it. So I'm no different. You know what I right, mean? Right, like, right, I sh- right. I should have prefaced that right at the beginning. Like, you know, what's going to come out of my mouth might sound like condemnation, but it's really a big mirror. Mm. You know, I'm really ex- explaining what I'm doing as well. Yeah. You know. And, and none of us have it figured out, man. None no. of us have it figured no. out. And Paul says that uh, he only knows half the picture, and, and he's not going <laughs> to know the whole picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and any pastor or anybody who claims that they've got it all figured out, like, I don't know. I, I <laughs> <laughs> None of us do. Like, uh, so at the end of the day, like, what it all boils down to, uh, especially just looking at myself and looking at, Christians in general is that we are all hypocrites. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, across the board. And and l- uh, let's expand it one step further and say like people in general. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, it's baked into the cake. It's baked into the cake. Like, if we can just come to the table like believers and non-believers alike and be honest and say, you know what, I'm just as much of a <laughs> hypocrite. Yeah. As anybody inside of the church, like right. uh, my, uh, I am a terrible person. Yeah, my <laughs> brother-in-law would always say, you know, it's like, well, you know, I'm not gonna go to church because uh, there's a bunch of thieves and hypocrites and liars and stuff. And I say, well, that's outside of the church as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely right. Totally agree. Yeah. Like, it's just because of this system that man has created this uh, this what structure, and. Uh, and man is behind it and man gets involved with it. Like, so there's going to be a lot of brokenness involved with yes. it. I'm not saying that any of it's um, good or or just or even like, let's actually just say if any of it's Christ like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I guess uh, I think <laughs> we would see a lot more healing and a lot more growth and a lot more openness. Um if we were able to come to uh, each other and just say, you know what, I'm jacked up, you know what I'm saying? I a, and especially a pastor, I I can't even imagine if a pastor oh, came on Sunday and said, you know what, that's dangerous though, man. Well, and admit that's hey, how you lose a job as a pastor, first of all. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you mean by that? I <laughs> totally agree like, with you, but yeah, dude, like uh, admitting fault. Admitting, yes. like admitting, f- not like not like I did something wrong, but like I do things wrong. Yeah, admitting that to the congregation, I think, is would would be would be dangerous. Would that be the coffin nail of your church? Ah, like, yeah, that'd be the coffin nail of you pastoring that church. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, and just we tend to deify people. You know, people in that position. We do. Yeah, you know, we look up to them way more than we should or we look far you know we're looking much farther than we should you yeah know, it's like no we're eye to eye like yeah you, yeah you yeah, right here next yeah. To me. yeah like <laughs> shouldn't be looking up at all and we're both in crap you know what i'm saying right yeah yeah exactly 100%. yeah like neck deep <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah d- but yes exactly we're neck deep in it. it you know and i actually i asked a pastor friend of mine i said is it possible for a pastor or a church to be too open, too honest with each other, and he, um, he said yes. Like, and and I totally disagree with this, and and that's his opinion. He's he's uh he's welcome to it, but I totally disagree that because uh, he was talking about the front, the show. Like, you have to be able to separate your personal private life. This is his stance. Yeah, your personal private life with um your pastor life or your church life or anything like that because of that, because of the um, stumbling block that it could create for other believers, especially new believers. If they came to the building and they see uh, this pastor who is imperfect and like, let's say he struggles with porn or something like that. He came out and he, he says that and all the old people, all of his old timers have, left the church you know all the big tithers and stuff like that <laughs> um like bryce i'll be 100 percent honest with you like i said i don't think it's possible for a pastor or a church to be too honest and i don't think it would be successful no 
Uh, but let's say there's a thousand people that were at your mega church, and you come out and you are open and honest about something, and ten people are left. Right. I think those ten people are there, and they are truly seeking God, and yeah. they are truly um, exampling well, Christ. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're not. Um, those people aren't seeking a feeling. Right, you right, know. exactly, and that like that's a that's something that's sold, right? You know, it's it it's sold nowadays. It is, you know, it's a commodity. It's uh, you know, on the on the idea of hypocrisy, we've gotten uh, pretty far away from actually following Christ and like kind of staring at sort of a new age spirituality thing now. What do you mean by that? It's uh it's just like dude, it makes you feel good, bro. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know, and now it's like prevalent in our church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's That's the same, same it's, it's the feeling like we think with feeling. And uh you know, I don't want to deny that that feeling to anybody, you know, or like feeling the Holy Spirit or something like that. But um it just yeah, we it gets to the point of um, it starts taking the, the place of God. Yeah, 100%. Whatever that feeling is. Right. Like, I've actually had, you know, other believers come up to me and say, well, I don't believe what the Bible says. I'll trust this feeling inside of me. And these are these are Christians. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I guess I have a hard time with that because Hebrews says that the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like, like at what point do they fight each other and they don't right. you know what i'm saying like yeah. uh, they they're not in conflict with each other you know so y- you know i <laughs> like i would never impose my will upon someone else i 100% agree that you should never uh, impose your will on anybody. And I think we've seen a lot of um, hatred, a lot of anger, a lot of violence done against um, non-believers, uh, th- especially throughout history. Like uh, right. from that, from the church, from people who claim to be exampling Christ, uh, like all done in the name of Jesus. You know, just look at the founding of our country. You know what I'm saying? Like founded by Christians and then we, you know, have mass genocide like and and <laughs> right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. uh, like again, I would never impose speaking of that. Yeah. A quick caveat to the Christian nation idea. If you're listening to this, read first principles. Uh that will change your idea on First Principles? Yeah, First Principles is the name of the book. Oh, I right. have it upstairs. I'll show you before you okay, leave. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it will change your mind on the idea of the that it was Christians that founded oh, yeah, our I'm nation. Sure. They, were, <laughs> they were theists. Sure. And But, yeah, it was, it was much more like Roman principles. Story for a different day. Keep going. Well, uh, and and <laughs> you look at the Crusades, you look at the Salem yeah. witch trials. Oh man, there's so many like examples. So there's many so many examples, examples, dude. And Christians have so much blood on their hands. Right. But, and like I said, it's all about, uh, and I've been r- struggling with this in my own life. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as uh, evangelizing, like all throughout church history, like we've ha- we've wanted to colonize, we wanted to impose our will upon. Um, others and and want them to think like us you know what i'm saying yeah um i think we saw the damage that it does and it doesn't actually make a true heart change no for anybody you know what i'm saying and um my own kids like for example like um they went to church every sunday you know what i'm saying they were drugged to church yeah you know what i'm saying like and they were they were in youth group and they were in this that and the other thing and um when when we were in charge of youth group we actually had angry parents like come to us and say why isn't my kid fixed because <laughs> they've been coming every single week like right. 
why isn't their behavior better? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, behavior modification, um, because of fear or because of, you know, anything external never actually produces a changed heart. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a truly changed heart that wants to serve God, um, on their own free will from their heart, you know what I'm saying? And this is exactly what Jesus addressed. And he came and he said, all of these hypocrites, all these actors, all these people who say they love God, do all these secret things in the dark. And and, and that's what it creates. It, it creates this atmosphere and it breeds it. And it, um, but like I said, like, and you brought this up, like what we do on Sunday um, I'm not saying that it's perfect. I'm not saying that we've got that we've got it all figured out or anything like that. But um, there is no <laughs> there is no judgment. There is no um, what you see is what you get. Is I, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. Like it gets raw. It gets real. Um, you know, I've never been to a church service where you know, there might be someone shooting up in the corner. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. we, um, we've created these little bubbles of, uh, safety for ourselves. You know, we retreat to them and right. in the suburbs or whatever, whatever. And like, um, there was a woman last week. Um, my wife, Liz, um, would, had ministered to her, er, you know, uh, just one week prior, uh, so backing up three weeks, and she said to her, Liz said to her, she said, um, I see Jesus in you, and I want you to see Jesus in me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's the whole reason that I'm down here serving you. Right. And, um, and she got really defensive, like, a, as a lot of people do, and say, don't bring that Jesus crap around me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, right. And a lot of people do, and um, and then the last week, just this past Sunday, she comes up to her, and Liz doesn't say a word to her. She says hello, and and she and this lady says, "I've started talking to God again," and um, I think <laughs> I think that's what it's all about. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it, absolutely. I'm not saying she's fixed or a- better or anything like that. Like. All I'm saying is uh, I think we have to be gentle with people and have to um, go on their time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, And just walk alongside Man. of people. Does that make sense? That's dangerously un-American. It's extremely un-American because we want to colonize. We want yeah. that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We want to change them immediately. You right. know what I'm saying? But there's especially – to like Especially current where we're at right now. Every, yeah. Every, uh, everything is – under 10 minutes. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, every, everything is like stripped down to its base core. Everything is delivered in super duper bite size chunks. You know, imbibe, imbibe. I want it now. It has to happen now. Yeah. Uh, you know, like two day shipping. Ugh. <laughs> 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 you know, or, or whatever. You know, like, oh, it's going to take a week to get here. No, that's Ugh. true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've experienced that too. You know, it, it's. Instant gratification. It's yeah. yeah, I mean, it's very, very prevalent in uh, specifically American culture. Yeah, we've never had to wait for anything. No, and you know, I remember seeing that. I I think I went to Life Center, and I remember seeing um, people come up front, and then um, I think it was the next week there was a huge baptism, like instantly. <laughs> yeah, does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that gratifies something inside of us. Like, oh, yes, awesome. This is how it's done. Like, we won. We uh, There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. Like, And I'm not knocking the system or anything like that. No. I'm just saying, like, again, going back to my own kids, like, bringing them to church every single week and beating it into them. I'll just be 100% real with you, uh, Bryce. Like, it didn't change them. It didn't. <laughs> no. It didn't fix them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you're still turds. All right, yeah, good. they were still turds. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, they're kids. Something's Th- wrong. They were still kids. And then, uh, so, uh, you know, Liz and I, p- 
prayed about it for a long time, and we realized that, you know, uh, we planted seeds, but they are going to have to come to this their own relationship with God yeah. themselves. Yeah. And, and just like we did, just like everybody does. And it's nothing that we can shove down their throat or force them into. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's going to require a lot of um, mercy and grace. But for Liz and I, um, I think I was telling you this. In the book of James, it says, I will show you my faith by my walk. For Liz and I, it is extremely important in our household to example Christ to the boys. Yeah. Instead of just... Um, like beating it into them and like uh, taking them to different classes or whatever church on Sundays and lecturing to them, then coming home and then um, <laughs> and one day hit a homeless guy on the way home. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, like it, it's it requires um, dying to self. It requires on Sundays. It requires you having to. Um, restrained from wa- not wanting to hit someone back you know what i'm yeah. saying like um and showing them jesus in us you know what i'm saying and through us um and i guess that's what's missing yeah i don't i don't think we see that anymore you know what i'm saying is if if truly we are to believe that every christian every single follower of christ must live as jesus did I think we would see a different church. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, granted, that's like, that's a hard thing to do. You know? It's Bec- extremely hard yeah. to die to yourself. Yeah. Because uh, like you said, uh, the flesh, we want to just uh, do whatever we want. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't like doing it. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. You know, 100%. Like, mm, yeah, I don't want to do it. There's, uh, it every Sunday, like, dude, I don't, I don't want to go down there. Yep. You know, I don't want to go do that. Yep. You know, and I think that's that's regardless of where it's at. Like, I didn't, you know, that might just be part of my own psychosis or whatever. But like, I didn't want to go to church. Yep. Most of the time. No. Me you know? too. Me too. Let alone go. Let alone like go serve. Right. To people that I don't like. Right. You know, because that's really what it comes down to there, too. Uh, a tough, like it, it's a tough takeaway. Yeah, having is. to die, like having to die to yourself, is a really tough takeaway. Yeah, it is. Like above and beyond, like actually having to do it, like how tough it is to do it. I think just the idea uh, threatens a lot of people. You know, it threatens me, man. Yeah. You know, and. I know I don't have the strongest walk, but I'm very cognizant of what I should and shouldn't do. Right. And I do it anyway. Right. You know, and because of that, because I don't want to die to myself, because that's going to take time away from something that I want to do. Right. You know, there's a for me, it's really hard because for me, you know, it's all here. I, I want to watch the Seahawks game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or whatever. You know right. what I'm saying? I the just blank, want you know life to go back to normal so I can watch junior hockey. <laughs> beer in my hand. <laughs> but, yeah, but it's it's the same thing. Like, I, um, a big, uh, you know, one of the reasons I got so pissed off about that bar staying open after the, you know, the mandate, after the shutdown or whatever, was because it took away me being able to do the like the DJ stuff with my friend James. Mm. That's like a huge part of like my mental health, man. It's like being able to curate something and then playing, you know, like playing it for someone that's watching or whatever and interacting with people. Like it was a huge huge part of my mental health. Yeah. You know, in the most positive way. Yeah. And then and then now, you know, we got to take a break. Yeah. We did it for like a month and it was amazing. And now we can't do it. You know. Because we can't do it at the bar, we can't do it at somebody's house. Now, like, we can't do it like online because of the mandates coming down and people being selfish and not caring about anything, but not wearing a mask 
you know, and right. and their personal freedoms and stuff like that. You know, they're getting you know our personal freedoms getting shut down. So eh, I don't care. I'm going to keep my bar open anyway, right. and keep spreading this disease. Right. So I was upset, and then I had to like take a step back and look at why I was upset with that with whoever, you know, blasting you know blasting the mandates, and then it's because it took something away from me. It took mm. my fun time away. In, and you know, that's just recognizing selfishness. Right. Apparently. Yeah. Um. You know, it, <laughs> it wasn't like an unhealthy way no, of expressing no, it or whatever. No, like, all, yeah, no. it's like I think uh, I think I wasn't like super far off, but I was a little upset that yeah, you know, like something that's had such a huge impact on my life suddenly goes away. Right. You know. But I think that a lot of my anger over it was was misplaced and and pushed off because of that, because it's like, well, I have to take my toys and go home now. Yeah. You know, and that's why I was upset. Yeah. Not because these people are, you know, just like, you know, I looked at it like, well, they don't care about anybody. And they're just going to, you know, people are going to keep getting sick because these guys are operating some BS, you know, like speakeasy right. type thing under the nose of whoever, which, uh, you know, just a word of advice. If you're going to operate an illegal speakeasy type of thing, don't put it on the internet <laughs> you know don't like tell a bunch of people hey we're selling beer out the back door you know you're gonna get caught but yeah the it's tough it is it's tough to turn it off it's tough to turn off the uh, self yeah you know and we're encased in flesh yeah you know <laughs> look at yeah. it like trying to look at it that way too like why is it so hard <laughs> for me to do this and you're like oh you know, because the flesh, literally and figuratively, you know, we're encased in it. Yeah, hundred percent. And 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 then I just I allow it to do whatever it wants to do most of the time. Operates independently of, of me. And anyone who's ever dealt with a toddler goes through the same thing. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah, nine week old puppy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all about me. You know, right. selfishness. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If you affect me, you know, I'll react. You know. What yeah. I'm but. Well, there's the challenge, man. That's the challenge. There's a challenge. There's a challenge to, to letting that inner child of yours mature. Yeah, 100%. You know. And think, man, I am going to um, care about this person in front of me um, more than myself right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I will put myself on the back burner and, oh, you need me, my help to move next weekend? Sure. You know, it's like I, I, I really I don't want to. I draw, I draw the line moving. <laughs> Bryce, will you I'll help, help you do whatever you want, Bo, but <laughs> I'm not coming up. But yeah, I, you're right, though. It's definitely – it's it's small steps, and it's stuff it's like tiny. that. Yeah. You know? It's like, yeah, man, all right, uh, okay. I won't watch the Seahawks today or whatever, you know, right. but I'll come help you move. Right. You know, or whatever. Yeah, fill come in the blank, your man. snow or what, you know. Fill in the blank. There, and, and I guess I want to um, – Especially if there are any believers listening, um, even non-believers, I guess, but uh, especially like if anybody relates to the idea of having to put on a mask or a front, uh, especially around other Christians, like you're talking in the liquor store example, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, um, like whatever you can do to get rid of that and to get rid of like the 10 different versions of yourself and like streamline that down to just one. And what you see is what you get warts and all. Yeah. And, and, and that goes with whatever version of you is online as well. You know what I'm saying? Like get rid of all the other junk and work on yourself instead of focusing on these groups over here, these groups over here, like take off the mask. Yeah. Like it, it gets, old man it gets exhausting after a while like having to like uh just for me like uh put on the church clothes and and, and right. pretend everything is hunky-dory and yeah. when in reality my you know my life has fallen apart you know what i'm saying yeah. like, like everyone else's you no, know what that's I'm saying? dude that, that the amount <laughs> the amount of time that i've seen dedicated to um worrying about people places things that you would never go and that you don't like yeah and you would never spend time with anyway right <laughs> right and allowing that 
allowing that to have bearing on your life. Right. You know, all oh, those those patriots that were going to come take over the Chaz. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so a neighborhood that you hate, full of people that you don't like, you're going to come take it back. Right. The logic in that is immediately flawed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know how to I don't know how to make this the f- an example without offending somebody. But like <laughs> if there is an entire neighborhood full of people that I didn't like or enjoy or want to be around that just wanted to carve out their own tiny little thing and not come anywhere near me. OK, man. Hey, uh, nice talking to you. Right. Have fun. Right. I'm out. <laughs> You'll never see me again. I promise. You know, but yeah, like that's like, why do like, why do we allow that? Yeah. Why do we allow that to like, man, I, man, I hate these flamboyant homosexuals in their neighborhood, but I, but I want it. <laughs> I want it back. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I, uh, I would much rather, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't like to feel that way. I don't like to feel like things that I have no control over yeah. are renting space in my head. Yeah. You know, yeah. that is that is not taking care of your mental well-being not at very all. well if no. you're allowing that to happen, because sin is inevitable. Sure. Sin is inevitable, but all should all shall be well. I use that quote a lot. Uh, it's Julian of Norwich. Uh, it's a Jesuit nun and super ahead of her time as far as like, uh, you know, pre pre reform, you know, pre reformation. But she she had the right idea yeah kind of thing and it's it's like that it's like sin isn't like oh man well i need to shut down planned parenthood right that's or or whatever i'm not i don't mean to harp on people that feel that way or whatever but that's the immediate you know it's you know let's go i am gonna i am gonna get rid of antifa right i'm gonna get rid of black lives matter right i'm gonna end the federal government whatever whatever you want to hit your car to you're never gonna do it right you know why because ideas are bulletproof number one yeah and someone will always be able to propagate the idea right you know i feel the same way about say i don't know national socialism or white nationalism stuff like that right i refuse to let it like i hate it i hate the idea of it but i can't let it control my life the you know the eradication of it because it's never gonna die because it's in their heart yeah yeah exactly you know and they're going to pass it on to people. They're yeah. going to propagate the idea. 100%. Right. So what I'm trying to do is look inward and make sure that I'm the best version of how of what I'm commanded to be. Yeah. That's you know? it. And that's, you know, the best version of what I'm commanded to be is Christ. But we all know that that's not in the cards. Right. So if we can try to achieve the most Christ-like idea as possible, yeah, I think we're, you know, we're doing pretty good. We're doing good that way. Yeah. It's a high mark that we keep. Yeah, exactly. You just got to keep uh, striving yeah. for it. And it gets higher. It does. Every time you think like, it oh, does, yeah. I got yeah, it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's like that Geico commercial where the old man, the old Fisher guy is dangling the 20 out in front of that girl. Oh, we've got it. You know. It's the same thing. Right. Yeah. You can touch it, but you're never going to hold it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's going to move the second you touch it. Yeah. yeah. And all that does is make you grow. So I'm like, it, it does. It I know. Me. It's good. Like, it should be comforting that, like, you're never going to do it. You yeah. know, it's like, no, that's that's the idea. Yeah. It's supposed to be like that. Like, yeah. it's okay. And then all of a sudden, some new thing comes in and challenges <laughs> it. And <then laughs> right. Forces you to grow. Yeah. Right. Same thing. Same exact thing. Well, man, I think we solved it, dude. Yeah, again, uh, we have solved everything. Solved the 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 bummer of hypocrisy in the church. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think like five or six more episodes of this, everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah, we're sold. gonna work it out. So, so if you're listening right now, you get about six weeks <laughs> of bad stuff left. <laughs> I'd say six to ten, because sometimes we skip a week as far as <laughs> what we do. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, I think we can do, I think we can do good. Uh, real quick, last sort of thing. Um, I, if, if you're in Spokane and you would like to see some impact made on, uh, the homeless situation in Spokane, I encourage you 
to write your local lawmakers and tell them that we need a youth, an at-risk youth shelter in Spokane. Hmm. There is a $2.7 million grant that's set to expire first of the year. And that money is just going to go away. That money is allocated for an at-risk youth shelter in Spokane. Our current administration here in Spokane does not want it within its city limits. Mm. Uh, I kind of put out a little thing on the Facey Space a while back about the one, the lowest common denominator for the people that we talk to is trauma, yeah, which leads to addiction, which leads to homelessness. We have a lot of people that I've come in contact with say things like addiction and homelessness are a choice. Sure. Which, while that's not totally inaccurate, some people might cognizantly like, okay, I'm done, kind of a thing. Sure. What was never the choice was the trauma. Right. You know, and whatever that is. I don't want to trigger anybody today, so I'm not going to go into it. But, like, you know, the trauma was never a choice. Right. So, we don't water the leaves. We water the root. Right. So we have a chance to make some generational impact in this town for the better by watering the root. And, uh, you know, these kids that are on the streets and stuff like that, helping them out. Sure. You know, again, not gonna f- we're not going to fix homelessness. We're going to fix addiction or anything like that. But I think that we could make a huge impact generationally if we start with the youth, with these kids, right. and helping them out of horrible situations. Right. So – uh if you care about people and you're in Spokane, you're listening to this, please reach out to, you know, whoever your, uh, you know, district councilman is. Um, you know, write, write Mayor Woodward personally. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. Get the word out. Let people know that, like, this is something that would be mutually beneficial Yeah. to this city and, who, and people who live here. Yeah. So with that... I think we're about done. Uh, you know, junior hockey, January 8th. Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the Broken Podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Chris. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later.